virtual EDR, digital friend doors, a custom friend door that is designed for them. And then when they come in, the chatbot knows exactly why they are coming in. Hi, I'm Marianne Bohr with Hims. Today I'm joined by ClickSoft founder and CEO, Krishna Kurapati. They'll be talking about exploring the potential of healthcare chatbots. Before we get started, I want to say thank you to ClickSoft for sponsoring this podcast. Krishna, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, glad to be here, Mary. Could you maybe start by telling us what a chatbot is? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, quite familiar to many of the people visiting websites. So you see this uh, a small bubble in the bottom of uh, the browser uh, that uh, kind of uh, hanging there and uh, trying to get your attention. So, and then you click on it, you can chat with someone, um, either a human or sometimes a bot. So that's typically what the chatbot means to a lot of people. And uh, what chatbot really is, uh, some way to automate some of the routine tasks. Uh, you know, the texting interface is by far the most interactive and non-intrusive way of communicating with anybody. So taking advantage of that interface of texting back and forth, how can we automate uh, some of the routine tasks, uh, such as, you know, greeting and getting the information? And that's the chatbot is to begin with, uh, how it can be helpful. And then from there, it can go and do much more uh, like what you have seen in the chat GPT, where, you know, it can be a lot more deeper AI that can get more answers for your questions. I see. Now, are there different types of chatbots or are they all pretty much the same? Oh, there are a lot of variations. You know, a chatbot is just a basic, basic level chatbot to something which is deeper, understand what your intent is and then get your answers, but also drive you to the right uh, workflow. So there are many uh, different varieties. Unfortunately, we have to club them into one single term called chatbots. But there we see, uh, I see the differences, you know, how you integrate with the backend systems and how you make the information available to, to the patient or customer on your website or on your mobile phone. Can you tell us a little bit about how chatbots can facilitate care outside of the four walls of a hospital or a healthcare setting? Yeah, that's a really uh, interesting point uh, that you brought in outside of the four walls. And a lot more care happens also the four walls of the hospital nowadays after COVID. And uh, there's an interest in virtual care, remote patient monitoring, and hospital at home, care at, at, at schools, care uh, at the sports arenas. Wherever things are happening, how do you deliver care there instead of there to come all the way to ER or somewhere um, admitted into the hospital or clinic? So... When you do outside of the four walls, obviously you don't have the luxury of, you know, interacting with the patient as you would do. And many of the administrative tasks like consent and gathering information such as insurance and all those things become really tedious, particularly because they are not in front of you. And also the verification and validation process also it'll be tedious you know you could have somebody call them and then they can fax the fax the information or send you an email or scan it and send it so 
So how do you connect the dots of you know admitting a patient or um, seeing a patient with all the paperwork that is necessary for the care? There, uh, you could leverage some of the technologies and the workflows that chatbots can provide to automate that process. They can collect because you know ninety-five percent to ninety-nine percent have adopted smartphones. How can you take advantage of that and provide the automated way to gather information? And that's one big use case. But also, the chatbots can help after the visit, follow-ups with the patient to make sure that they are. Uh, they're filling their medication or they're satisfied with the visit or follow up on their uh, procedure or the next appointment, such like that, a reminding about the next appointment. So many of those tasks that can be normally done with a phone and uh, fax mode can be automated with the chatbot. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So Krishna, what kind of results are you seeing with chatbots? Yeah, so I'll highlight a few examples this video kind of across the board. So there are like themes here, right? So one is obviously, uh, you know, health equity is a big thing right now. And uh, we have done some studies with our customers and prospects on the health equity uh, problem. And we also are working with a large uh, physician practitioners on how do you automate the front office tasks. So primarily in the post-COVID and labor uh, shortage more and more organizations trying to automate this whole process of uh, intake and so there's one example of intake so when you automate the intake obviously there will be huge difference in the staff over time so now the doctors can spend 18 percent less time on uh, paperwork that would increase the about 25 percent increase in revenue uh, you know it, it seems not so obvious for the revenue to increase when you reduce the paperwork. And that, the reason is that, you know, patient waiting and filling the paperwork is lost time for the provider. So if the patient can remotely check in and complete all the intake and then come directly to the examination room and the provider can immediately see the patient with all the information that needed. So the satisfaction rate will be really high, now 4.8 out of 5. So that's one example of you know, automating intake with the chatbots. And the other one is uh, more on the health equity side where you can think of like, you know, uh, underserved population, you're trying to reach all of them. They all have phones, by the way, you know, uh, smartphones, uh, but they, they need to be uh, reached out. So a well uh, example on well visits, uh, ch child well visits, reaching out to the patients where they are, reminding about the vaccination and educating them about the vaccine. So education would be another element where you can use the chatbots to send them videos and uh, other information that is uh, helpful to understand why the vaccination is important for the children. And that is also really valuable. It's a peer-reviewed study uh, outcomes. So when they outreach patient families about the child uh, well visits, the chatbots increased 27% or more of the well visits for immunization. So that's a significant increase from where they were. And about 88% of patients who received has a very positive experience about chatbots and the reminders that the, the health center was sending them. So that's another health equity use case. Uh, where you can think of like how chatbots can be used. And the third one is more of the patient preparation. So particularly a procedure like colonoscopy, where patient has to be prepared to come 
for the visit. If, if it's, they're not prepared well, you're probably going to lose that patient. You can perform colonoscopy on that patient, and that slot is wasted out. So from a hospital or a clinic point of view, you know, a well, well-prepared patient is uh, really important before the appointment. So using a chatbot, you know, you engage with the patient, educate them, and show them the paths for the preparation and uh, remind them about the preparation up to the visit. And you would see, uh, we have seen the results up to 36% reduction in no-shows. What I call a no-show is not not so much as not showing up, but not prepared. Um, So 36% reduction in unprepared patients. That is obviously about $2,000 of savings per patient. And also, it reduced the staff savings, particularly when they need to call the patient, reminding them manually. And that's not huge, but you know, in the labor shortage era, any savings in staff saving is significant. And then third one is obviously the uh, patients were really happy that they were reached out by the provider and they gave a, a timely education for them to prepare because a lot of them are confused about, you know, they're searching on the internet on their own and they find 10 different answers for the same question. So the provider-driven education and uh, navigating them through the preparation is much more valuable, perceived. So all of them help the providers to reduce the scheduled backlog because, you know, the more patients they can see quickly uh, uh, and prepared well, it frees up the providers to see um, more patients who are kind of waiting for that procedure to be performed. And then and the one last use case is, this is an, an interesting one, which is a very post-COVID era uh, use case, and it's growing big, um, is how do you take care of the patients who are discharged out of cardiothoracic surgery or something? I know, uh, how, how do they reach back to you, you know? So normally a patient would go home and if this then uh, develop any complications they'll come to the ER and come into a hospital again as a readmission and that has a huge impact on financially for the providers uh, because now they are on value-based care and they're on the hook for 90 days of care of the provi- uh, patient after the discharge so here again uh, we uh, work with a health system to develop uh, a um, virtual ED uh, emergency department that is hosted by a chatbot where at the time of discharge, the patient is given a, a QR code or some kind of a link that patient can click on their phone as, as soon as they develop some complication. And they were triaged by, so triaging is another way the bots can interact with the patient and you know, they can ask questions and, hey, have you developed any symptoms of a swollen leg or something like that, as simple as that, and uh, redirect to the doctors in the hospital. And then from there, it can go to the specialist. So either they can see virtually at that time, depending on the complication, or they can admit back the patient. So so they said, this is another where, you know, it's not like anybody can come in. It's those patients who are discharged or coming through the, uh, we call that a, a like a, virtual ED or digital friend doors or custom friend door that is designed for them. And then when they come in, the chatbot knows exactly why they are coming in because they are got recently discharged and they need to be taken care. 
So the bot will take care of it and then uh, escalate to the doctors and doctors will take care of the patient, either televisit or appointment uh, in a clinic or a hospital admission. The impact of that is, you know, most cases can be resolved over a televisit or other means rather than admission or ED. So relatively 32%, uh, we've seen it over a period of time, reduction of 32% of readmissions. That's a huge. And then the remote monitoring uh, of the patients like this uh, resulted in 43% reduction in 14-day ED uh, return visits. So normally they come back within 14 days. That has reduced by 43%. And also from a hospital or health system point of view, you know, they reduced the uh, leakage from about 20 to 25% cases per quarter. And the leakage is a big thing for health systems as we know. And also the health system would be able to scale the ability to serve the patients from 60 to 600 contacts per day. So they were able to contact 600 patients instead of 60 patients uh, without, without the ability of the chatbot automating some of the stuff. Well, about um, how long does it take to see results with chatbots? So some results you can see within three months, right? So you could, you, you, know, you can launch it and then you can see what was before and what's now. And you can start measuring the results within three months. Other ones would probably take six to nine months, depending on the complexity of the use case or what you're measuring against. Okay, well, I feel like you've touched on this already, but uh, what are some common chatbot uses? Yeah, so as I was uh, summarizing in the in the outcomes, there are quite a few places you where you can use chatbots, obviously, whether you're reaching out like intelligent appointment reminders to the patient to collect the copay, you know, intake, consent, and then the ability for the digital friend or to interact with the patient for triage, uh, triage the patient's symptoms and direct to the right provider. And then the uh, virtual uh, waiting room, so where patient can come in and wait in the virtual waiting room, get education. So virtual waiting room has a lot of value in terms of education, educating the patient and informing the patient about the wait times and uh, you know, giving the information that they need while they're waiting, just like, you know, what, uh, in the physical waiting room versus virtual waiting room. Uh, um, it's not like a static one. It's a dynamic where you can provide information to the patient based on the patient's conditions and uh, such. So that's another use case. The The other one is uh, where we talk about digital outreaches to the, like what, well visits, uh, such where, you can reach out to a population of uh, patients who need to be uh, see a patient, uh, uh, make an appointment. So where you can do a self scheduling with the pa uh, for the patient. So you know you don't have to have a man or human behind a console to schedule anymore. You can reach out to the patient, and then the patients can uh, schedule themselves for an appointment. For example. Uh, uh, mammogram visits or patient vaccination visits, There's, those can be automatically scheduled with the providers while keeping the provider in the control of who can see uh, the who can who can have the schedule. So that's another self-scheduling will be a huge one. Copay and post-discharge uh, follow-ups, particularly what I was talking about, or, uh, you know, asking the patient about the right 
about their condition. Medication refills is another use case where uh, the chatbot can uh, help in gathering the patient medications and uh, and then providing them guidance on uh, you know when to get the refills done. And the, the last one is the post uh, discharge surveys. So you could use that as a use of uh, information to check on uh, how the uh, visit went or how, and then find out about the uh, about the metrics of uh, the care that will be valuable relieving a lot of the providers who are doing the manual work of gathering that information and then go really take care of their patients so practicing at the top of their license all right well those are some of the more common uses so let's talk about some of the more novel uses that you've seen from customers yeah, so novel uses are outside of the four walls, right? So when you think of outside of the four walls, uh, new business models, new... Uh, con- so we know consumer medicine is new, uh, hospital at home is new. Um, then also we are thinking of uh, how you can deliver care where the patient is. For example, if the patient is in a school or uh, in a sports arena, cuts got hit. Uh, you know, uh, sprained his ankle or something like that. So how do you deliver care there? Um, so in those situations, right, so you you have to reach the patient. Uh, the patient has the ability to reach back to you from from the smartphone and be able to be get treated. And those are the emerging models where you don't have the the anybody there, okay, you don't have any uh, provider there, you, ha- you don't have any uh, kind of uh, equipment there. So how do you make sure that you can take care of the patient where they are, right? So that's our outside the four walls um, care, particularly in these new ways of delivering care is becoming more and more popular. What do organizations need to look for when they're looking for a chatbot solution? Yeah, so obviously, you know, there can be a, uh, one thing is there are many, many ways, uh, many different chatbots out there uh, in the market. What the providers need to look for is a platform where they can implement multiple workflows uh, because their um, practices keeps changing and their needs are changing. Having the ability to do more than one on the same platform would be beneficial because it reduces the cost of implementation and uh, also uh, have the ability more secure. And the second thing is it has to be secure uh, communication. So it has to be HIPAA compliant, obviously. Uh, you know, no PHI should be available on just texting or email. Uh, security is critical for back communicating with the patient and patient back to it. Uh, it has to be bidirectional, so you know uh, where patient can text back to the provider and provider can text to the patient, and the and it has to be uh, human in the loop. So ability to for any time the human can take over the conversation from the bot. So you know if there's a if there's a if there's a condition that is being discussed and you can monitor it and then you can take over it uh, from the bot and then ability to serve the patient directly. And third, uh, another thing is uh, 
the patient should have more pleasant experience uh, with the bot. So how do you make it more humanized? So the ability to make the conversation much more human-centric. So each practice is different. So having, and their population is different. So having the ability for customization, a low code, no code, easy to implement, quick to deploy and see the results. Uh, so, and mobile friendly, all these are important elements of good healthcare chatbot. Okay, well, Krishna, thanks so much for joining us today. And thank you for sharing your insights. And of course, special thanks to Clicksoft for sponsoring this podcast. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you, Mary. Uh, glad to be on the call.